From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show today, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you for supporting and downloading the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And thank you for checking out the new Wrestling DeLorean Podcast YouTube page, as well as following us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Without your support, there is no us. And I'm talking about all my fans from all over the world, from Germany, Ireland, UK, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Chile, the Philippines, Taiwan, India. We are global, and I appreciate every single last one of you. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about last night's AEW, of course, Fighter Fest Night 1. We'll give you the rundown for tonight's Impact Wrestling on Access TV, the go-home show before Slammiversary this Saturday, as well as, you know, it's Thursday. That only means one thing, making an impact. We are going to be going back in time to TNA Impact from... February 26, 2006, the next episode on the road. We are on the road to Destination X 2006, so you don't want to miss that. Let's get into the Super Stack show right now because we got a lot to talk about. What's good, everybody? I hope everyone's having a great day. Thank you very much for inviting me into your house on this Thursday, into your morning routine, whether you're eating breakfast or on your way to work right now. You are tuned in to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, and that is the best way to start your Thursday. Tell your boss to fuck off because you are listening to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast and that is more important than your goddamn job. Anyway, anyway, let me calm down, calm down, calm down. We are going to start out today with the news and notes like we do every, every, every day. Anyway, uh, Thursday news and notes. Starting out with NXT. NXT is in the news twice today, which is always good, unless it's for bad reasons, but it's not. One is NXT next week will be on Sci-Fi due to the Olympics being on the USA Network. Um, so they will be being moved for one week. It's very uh, reminiscent of the original NXT. If you remember NXT Season 1 when it was a game show was on Sci-Fi. It was the replacement for the WWE ECW program. So it's funny that they chose Sci-Fi. But I guess it's you know a partnership with uh, USA. Or I believe it's owned by the same company. It's probably all owned by NBC Universal. I mean that's probably why. But anyway NXT airs on Sci-Fi next week due to the Olympics. So don't think oh shit NXT's taking a week off. No 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 no. Just go to Sci-Fi Channel and watch your favorite NXT stars. Speaking of NXT, last uh, Tuesday's NXT draws a 750000 which is up from the Great American Bash. That's a great, great sign that fans are starting to tune in and fans are really starting to get behind this product, especially after such a great, a great American Bash. That's so hard to say. A great, great American Bash show for NXT. It's cool that the fans are 
flock into NXT as they should. The most consistent show on the WWE programming. I really think that with all my heart. Really cool to see that. Definitely make sure you check out NXT as the ratings continue to grow. Hopefully they continue to get some more perks. Hopefully we start seeing, you know, NXT get a little bit more love from the WWE. Impact Wrestling is in the news today because they have announced that the world title match at Slammiversary has now became a no DQ matchup. This could either, you know, benefit Kenny Omega because now his 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 goons, his his boys, the Good Brothers or the Young Bucks or Don Callis could get involved. But this could also benefit Sammy Callahan because Sammy Callahan is an absolute nutcase. He probably would like flourish in this no DQ. Uh, environment. We've seen Sammy Callahan in some of the most hardcore brawls in Impact Wrestling history. And before Impact Wrestling, he was a standout in CZW. So you know, you know he could go in the no DQ environment. But also, Kenny Omega could go in the no DQ environment. If you remember him and John Moxley at Fighter Fest, not Fighter Fest, at uh, what was it, Full Gear a few years ago, it was him versus John Moxley in a unsanctioned lights out match that was an absolute insane brutal brawl as well as the infamous John Moxley versus Kenny Omega no rope barbed wire exploding uh, match exploding ring match you know just because the ring didn't explode didn't mean that they weren't carving each other up with barbed wire so it's it's definitely interesting because it doesn't necessarily favor one man over the other but now that anything goes, you're going to expect some absolute craziness to go down at Slammiversary. And we're going to talk about Impact Wrestling today. We're going to you know, give you the rundown of the Slammiversary card. If you are not going to watch Slammiversary 2021, you are going to miss out because this is a super stack card brought to you by Impact Wrestling. I swear to God, they don't pay me, but I will definitely always be an ambassador for Impact Wrestling. I am a huge Impact fan, so you already know I'm going to give them all the shout-outs in the world. Today, we're going to be going back to our uh, Making an Impact show, so make sure you download Impact Plus if you want to follow along on Making an Impact or on yesterday's The Asylum Years, and also download Impact Plus so you can watch Slammiversary this weekend. Mike Logan is in the news again. The unbreakable Michael Elgin is arrested for violating his protective order against, uh, you know, Michael Elgin, you, you were a royal fuck up. Michael Elgin was a guy who had all the potential in the world. I remember his early days in ring of honor. I thought he was going to be the guy, his matches with, uh, Eddie Edwards, his matches with Davey Richards, his matches with Kevin Steen were some to be remembered. Classic, classic matches. Then he had that whole shit. He becomes the world champion he, he leaves the company, then he goes to Japan, then you got all these scandals coming out about, oh, his students from his wrestling school, there was like some sexual uh, assault or something that happened, and he covered it up, and then he was being brought up during the whole Me Too uh, hashtag speaking out movement, and now he's violating his protective order. Michael Logan had all the potential in the world to be a megastar in professional wrestling, and especially in Japan. He was the man in Japan. And also, he had a good spot for him in Impact Wrestling, and he threw that all away. So he has been arrested. I It's hard to have pity for a man who does the things that he does. So I really, you know, at this point, I don't really care. Last news story, not really making the rounds. 
but I thought I'd give it a uh, a shout out here. I'll talk about it. Oh, man, if you guys are not familiar with what XPW is, it is a promotion that was ran by Rob Black, porn kingpin. He ran, a, basically it was a ECW knockoff promotion from the early 2000s, and it has a lot of controversy surrounding it, you know, from, from wrestlers' fingers getting chopped off because they were cheating, his wife was cheating on him with one of the wrestlers, from, you know, New Jack throwing Vic Grimes 40 feet through all those tables and trying to kill him to just just a bunch of controversial stories. You know, I mean, we could just go down the list of controversial stories from XPW. There's actually going to be a dark side of the ring on XPW in the coming months. I believe in uh, September, October, when uh, Dark Side of the Ring comes back, there will be a episode for XPW. It was announced on Rob Black's show, the Rob Black show, <laughs> that XPW in 2021 will be returning, that he's rebooting XPW. Now, if that's the case, will will you guys actually support this company? If he plans on having the type of show that he used to have where it was all about, you know, blood and guts and he had, you know, porn stars running around naked and had all this controversial bullshit if he plans on running that type of show, that show is going to be canceled from the start. Now, he he literally already stepped his foot into controversy because already he put out a promotional video saying that XPW is returning and he used Marty Skrull's theme song as the background noise and he claimed he didn't even know who Marty Skrull is. So, with all the controversy behind Marty Skrull and the speaking out movement, he's already stepping into controversy. So, I don't see the XPW reboot actually lasting or even working. I don't even see it getting past one show, especially not in this day and age. But we shall see. I, you know I mean? I always am happy for another wrestling company coming into the mix here. And XPW had some good wrestlers back in the day. You know, they had the Jerry Lynns, the Super Crazies, the Psychosis, the Messiahs, the, the Supremes. They had they had the New Jacks and the Sandmans. They had all these guys, you know. They had their homegrown talent. They had the, uh, what's called, GQ Money and, and Angel. And they had a lot of guys. You know, they had a, you know, a pretty stacked roster. But it was surround. Oh, how could I forget this franchise? Shane Douglas, Chris Candido, like Sabu. How could I? Terry Funk. They had a stacked roster. But once again, it was everything that was surrounding the company that made the company look horrible. So, really, at this point, like in this day and age, like I said, something like that does not really fly too well. And XPW is the definition of not aging well. So, can you bring back an XPW? We shall see. They're definitely going to have to clean up their act, though, if they want to be back in the mix here. But anyway, when we come back, we're going to be talking about AEW Fighter Fest Night 1 from Arlington, Texas. What a super stack show that was with an absolute nuts main event. And then later on in the show, we're going to have Making an Impact, where we go back in time to 2006 and talk about Impact Wrestling. So, stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest from last night. It was night one of Fighter Fest, and we had a lot of fun. We had a IWGP US Championship match. We had a big, big showdown between the Dark Order and the Elite. And we had one hell of a coffin main event between Darby Allen and the all-ego Ethan Page. It was great seeing the crowd here. It was it just definitely looked like a dynamite of old pre-pandemic. So it's really good to see AEW back in the mix here. This has been a couple weeks since they had a crowd, but it still feels so good to see the crowd back. It adds so much to the show. And honestly, these shows already feel so beyond anything that we've seen in the pandemic due to the energy that is being like pumped out here by the fans that are here to see AEW. So without further ado, let's talk about Fighter Fest Night 1 from Arlington, Texas. We got Fighter Fest Night 2 taking place in Dallas, Texas next week, and we're going to be having another stack show with a big Texas death match, but we're going to talk all about that in a few minutes, so let's talk about it right now. AEW Night 1 Fighter Fest was an extremely good show. It wasn't better than Road Rager in my opinion, but definitely was up there. Uh, we start out hot with the IWGP US Championship match between John Moxley and the Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Uh, before the match could even get started, Eddie Kingston attacked Gallows with the lead pipe. So we are guaranteed to have no shenanigans here. It is a guaranteed one-on-one matchup because we're not going to have any interference from Gallows. Uh, Eddie Kingston, the Elite, nobody. It's just going to be straight up Carl Anderson versus John Moxley. And this was a really good back and forth brawl. These two guys definitely brought the heat. The crowd was all over this. Really cool. Like I said, it's cool to see Carl Anderson really getting back into the mix here by being one of the top singles wrestlers here. As well as John Moxley returning to AEW after a couple weeks off with a new hairdo and just bringing the heat. 
Really good matchup, like I said. Good brawl, but in the end, John Moxley picks up the victory and he retains his IWGP US Championship match. But his next challenger is already set because right after this, we go to a promo by Lance Archer and he wants John Moxley for the US Heavyweight Champion in a rubber match. He says that he wants a rematch from the Texas Deathmatch that they had at Wrestle Kingdom in 2020. He said that they tore down the Tokyo Dome. Now let's have the Texas Deathmatch in his hometown of Dallas, Texas for the IWGP US Champion. Next, we got Andrade El Idolo. He cuts a promo. He says that he is looking for the Death Triangle. He wants the Death Triangle. And that right there got me so excited because Andrade versus any three members of the Death Triangle will be absolutely phenomenal. Think about it. Andrade versus Pentagon Jr., that's going to be a banger. Andrade versus Ray Phoenix, that will be a banger. And the one that excites me the most, Andrade versus Pac, would be that has all the makings to be one of the best matches in AEW history. Andrade versus Pac could really be a main event on any show anywhere in the world. Probably won't be a main event here though. But that just shows the stacked roster that AEW has. They have such an insane talent pool that it is hard to even fathom. That you could have a match like Pac versus Andrade in this day and age. And that's probably going to be an undercard matchup. That's how stacked this roster is. I'm so excited for that. I really hope that we get these matches soon. Um, I don't know if uh, La Sombra versus Pentagon El Cero Miedo ever happened. I don't know if La Sombra versus Ray Phoenix ever happened. But La Sombra is dead. And Andrade El Idolo is a new man. Not only does he have the seasoning from being in Japan and Mexico, but he has the the wherewithal of being from the WWE. So he has another notch on his shoulder. Him versus Pentagon will be amazing. Think about the luchador action from Pentagon and Andrade. Or think about the action between him and Phoenix. But like I said, I think the real money match here will be him and Pac. That's going to be the money match. Next, we got for the FTW World Championship, we have Absolute Ricky Starks versus The Machine Brian Cage. And I got to say, that crowd was 100% behind Absolute Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is definitely going to be a megastar. Now, every uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I have The Asylum Years where I go back in time and I talk about TNA from The Asylum Years. And someone that I bring up a lot because he's like, basically showcased a lot of the time is from the Flying Elvis's Sonny Siaki. Now, I don't know if anyone else sees it, but Absolute Ricky Starks reminds me a lot of Sonny Siaki. You know what I mean? Huge, huge personality. Very, very over. Very confident. He just has that swag about him. Now, Sonny Siaki could have been a megastar, but I I, very, I amend what he did for, uh, I believe it was his sister who needed a kidney, and he gave his kidney, so he had to retire from wrestling. So, shouts to Sonny Siaki. The guy really, not only did he have a good kidney, but he had a really good heart for doing that. But, absolute Ricky Starks is definitely, you know, a lot of people say that he, he reminds uh, everyone of a young rock, but, I, I mean, Sonny Siaki reminded me of the rock, too. But anyway, uh... Yeah, I think that it's cool to see Ricky Starks getting over here because Ricky Starks could be a top guy. He definitely seems like a guy that could be a future TNT champion or, you know, 
let's just say in a few years, I think a lot of people are going to have Ricky Starks on the top of their list of guys that could go, who could speak, and, you know, has the total package. The machine Brian Cage here, he, he was, you know, some fans wanted, they were chanting, let's go Cage, but there was louder Ricky Starks chants. Um, they had a really good back and forth matchup here. There was a lot of crazy sequences, but Ricky Starks definitely held his own against the machine Brian Cage, but there was parts where Brian Cage was tossing them around and picking them up and doing like, you know, he was doing bicep curls with Ricky Starks because Ricky Starks is significantly smaller than the machine Brian Cage. But like I said, really good back and forth matchup. In the end, it looked like Ricky Starks was going to grab the FTW title to hit Brian Cage with, but uh, Powerhouse Hobbs grabs the title, and he prevents him from hitting him. So I'm thinking, oh, all right, they want a fair matchup. Or I'm thinking Ricky Starks is going to be the guy to break off. Because let's be honest, Ricky Starks doesn't really need a entourage. He doesn't really need a mouthpiece like Taz. Ricky Starks is the complete package. If anything, I thought Cage needed the mouthpiece. So I thought maybe Cage was going, it was going to be like a double swerve here where Cage is staying a babyface and Ricky Starks becomes the... I mean, Cage turns into a heel and Ricky Starks becomes the babyface here. But no, in the end, it was all a ruse because Powerhouse Hobbs hits uh, Brian Cage with the title behind the referee's back. Ricky Starks hits a huge spear onto Brian Cage. One, two, three. We have a brand new FTW, FTW champion, and it is absolute Ricky Starks. And when I say the crowd went absolute apeshit for this, they were going wild. The crowd was so behind Ricky Starks, and I think that they made the right move. I think the crowd will booed them out of the arena if Ricky Starks lost this matchup. They were so behind Ricky, so I think that this was a great outcome, a great matchup, really fun show here so far. Next, after this, Cody Rhodes, he comes out on commentary, and he grabs the mic, and he says that he is pissed at Black. He grabs the mic, and he's heading to the ring. He says that we don't kick 60-year-old plus old men here. Uh, we don't do that here. Cody wants a fight. He calls out uh, Malachi. Malachi Black shows up on the screen. He tells a old story about a man, you know, who had a racehorse, and the racehorse was, uh, he couldn't run anymore, so he took the horse out to pasture and killed him with dignity, and he said that that's basically what's happening with him and uh, Cody because he said Cody just doesn't have what it takes in him more. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have that fire and desire. He says if you look in his eyes, he doesn't have it. Cody says he begs to differ. He says if you come out to the ring right now and look in my eyes, you will see that I got it. And Malachi Black says that he was thinking that he would never ask. The lights go out. Lights go back on. And Malachi Black is in the ring. We have a big brawl between Black and Cody. Big pull apart. These guys are both dressed to the nine here. And they're just swinging haymakers at each other. And we had a big pull apart from security. Separate Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes here. Really good segment. I really enjoyed this. In the end here, I don't know when we're getting Malachi Black and when we're getting uh, Cody Rhodes in the ring. But I got to say, when they do, I am so thoroughly invested in this. I'm going to eat it all up. I'm enjoying it. That crowd was so loud for this segment. When him, when Malachi Black showed up in the ring, that crowd was going bananas. So I think that we are ready for Cody versus Malachi Black in the coming weeks or even if they hold it off to all out. Either way, I'm excited for it. When we come back, we'll be talking about the second half of AEW Fighter Fest from last night. 
the second half may be as good as the first half. It was an amazing show, so stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back, everybody. We we're about to get into the second half of AEW's Fighter Fest 2021, night one. We're going to end the show off with a huge main event. But before we get there, we got to talk about some other crazy shit that went down on this show because it was a super stacked show. So let's get into it right now. All right. So next on the show, we see uh, Tully Blanchard. It looks like he's leaving the venue when he is confronted by Santana and Ortiz who they basically confront Tully Blanchard and uh, Santana grabs him from behind. They threaten him with a crowbar, but the crowbar was fake. But they said it would have been that easy to take him out. So they said, send that message to your boys. Tell your boys. Tell your boys. And Tully Blanchard said, I will tell my boys. That's funny because Tully Blanchard, you know, he's that one old guy that everybody knows that his, his only comeback is to repeat what you said. I mean, I know you know somebody like that where, like, you know, if you think about it, if they say, oh, go get your boys, and he's like, oh, I will go get my boys. And then, uh, what's it called? You had Conan a couple weeks ago saying, oh, maybe you should learn Spanish because you might need to be communicating to your grandkid. He's like, oh, I will learn Spanish. It's like, <laughs> is that the best you could do, Tully? You're a legend. Come on, is that the best comeback you could do? Anyway, next, Tony Schiavone, he's in the ring. He brings out the hangman, Adam Page. He brings him out. Adam Page says that he is... Ready, he says that when he fought Chris Jericho at All Out 2019, he came so close to becoming the AEW champion. He could basically taste it. He could smell it. He felt it on his fingertips, but then it all fell through his fingers. He said that he needs that title. He needs to be the AEW champion. He doesn't just want it. He needs it. So he says the Dark Order is right. He is ready, and he is challenging Kenny Omega for the AEW champion. Before that Anything else could happen. Don Callis then comes out. And he's with the full elite here. He has the 
the Jackson brothers. He has the Good Brothers. He has Kenny Omega. He has Michael Naka Naka Nakazawa. He has Brandon Cutler, the the, the little camera fuck. Um, basically, here you know, Matt Jackson gets in uh, Adam Page's face. He says that he abandoned the elite. He says that he smells like alcohol, and he says that you're just going to be the next wrestling tragedy, which leads to a big brawl between. Matt Jackson and Adam Page, which leads to the Elite jumping in and trying to jump Adam Page, which leads to the Dark Order coming out and making a save. Kenny Omega gets on the mic and he suggests, how about we do this old school five on five elimination style? And Adam Page says that he accepts, but he says when my team wins, when the Dark Order wins, not only do I get a world title shot, but the Dark Order gets a tag team title shot. And Omega suggests that you know, how about this? How about we keep those rules, but if you guys lose, the Dark Order wins nothing, and you win nothing, and you don't get a title shot. They then agree on to these terms. We get another pull-apart between everybody. So, it looks like we are definitely going down the road where we have Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. And I think that, you know, if this takes place at All Out, I think you pull the trigger. I think you have... Hangman Page finally win that title at All Out. It was All Out 2019 that he first wrestled for that title. Two years later at All Out, he wins that title. It'll be the perfect story. Uh, I think he is ready to be world champion, even if it's not for a long reign. I definitely think that Hangman Page is so over with that crowd that he could do no wrong. He's definitely ready to be champion. And Kenny Omega, I think he's ready to drop that title. He's held that title for a long time now, about eight months already. So, you know, he had a long title reign. I wouldn't be mad if Hangman Page beats him. Because if you think about it, it will be all out when they probably have that title match. That will be two more months if you think about it. He won the he won uh, the title in December. So about 10 months, a 10-month title reign, that's a really good-ass, long-ass time. So a 10-month title reign for Kenny Omega, I think it's time he drops it to the Hangman. And if Hangman Page does indeed become world champion, I am all behind that. The question is, does the Dark Order become the tag team champions? Who would you have? Would you have uh, Alex Reynolds and and uh, Johnny Hungy? Or would you have Stu Grayson and Evil Uno go against the Young Bucks? Either way, that should be a good matchup. I think the Young Bucks and the Dark Order will pull out a great matchup. If you remember some of the Super Smash Bros. versus the Young Buck matches from the PWG days back in 2012, 2013, those matches were bangers. So I definitely am excited to see that. Uh, next, we got Chris Jericho. He's cutting a promo backstage. He says that he is ready for whatever challenges that MJF brings to him. He is then attacked by Sean Spears who hits him in the throat with a chair. MJF says that his first match is next week. It will be Sean Spears versus Chris Jericho. But the gimmick for this match is, the stipulation I should say, is that Sean Spears can use a chair but Chris Jericho doesn't have the right to use the chair. It's a chair match where only one wrestler can use a chair. So you got the chairman versus Chris Jericho. That should be a really good matchup nonetheless. And I think that, you know, it would probably be a victory for Chris Jericho, but it's going to be a good match nonetheless. Next, we got a match between two old rivals. It is Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. This was a really fun match between two old rivals. Like I said, uh, Christian Cage picks up the victory. Really solid matchup between these two veterans. Afterwards, the Hardy family office, they surround the ring. They look like they're about to jump Christian Cage, but the Jurassic Express make the save. So we continue to see the uh, the Jurassic Express and Christian Cage as a unit here. 
it's funny because it was uh, a moment here where you had um, Christian Cage on the shoulders of of uh, Luchasaurus, which is you know usually Jungle Boy's spot. He, he usually has his nuts resting on the back of Luchasaurus' neck. But anyway, we have um, a vic- we have a uh, video here from Miro. Miro, the Redeemer, he's really playing off this new gimmick. He's speaking proverbs and props from the Bible. He's Jesus Christ's favorite wrestler, and he is the Redeemer. And I really love this uh, this new character from Miro. But something else that was new was the design of the TNT title. The TNT title now has a white strap, and instead of the red where it says champion, it is now green. I personally think it looks pretty cool. I like it. I like the last one. I like the Darby Allen champion. The black strap looked really awesome too. It, it kind of reminded me of the old Ring of Honor champion as well as the shape of the old. Uh, I thought it had the shape wise of the old winged eagle, winged eagle, winged eagle champion for the WWF. But I really like this this uh, white strapped TNT chi- title. It really reminds me of Shinsuke Nakamura's white strapped. IWGP Intercontinental title. So I think it's a really cool championship belt. And this is what? The third or fourth design for the TNT title. So hopefully this one sticks. Unless the belt is, you know... It is... Customized to the the wrestler's gimmick or colors whatever. Because the green and white are, I believe, are in the Bulgarian flag. But, you know, no, no disrespect to Bulgaria if I got that wrong. Next, Tony Schiavone brings out Britt Baker to the ring. Britt Baker is over like Rover. This crowd is eating it up. Yo, by the way, shouts to the crowd. This crowd was fucking hyped the whole show. Britt Baker is out here. She is calling out Vicky. She says Vicky Guerrero is only relevant because of her last name. And Nyla Rose is not relevant at all. So she needs to win this matchup. We then see Vicky Guerrero with her piercing voice. I don't even understand what she said. She was just screaming. And Nyla Rose saying that she's going to kick Britt Baker's ass next week. We got the world title. Ta- I mean, yeah, we got the women's world title match between Nyla Rose and Britt Baker next week. John Moxley cuts a promo. He basically accepts Lance Archer's challenge. He wants the rematch. He wants Texas Deathmatch 2 between the two. He says one doesn't beat Lance Archer, one survives Lance Archer, and he's ready to go back to hell and back with Lance Archer. We next get Sammy Guevara versus Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta, who is a, what's it called, a standout in New Japan Strong. He's also was a standout in the early reboot days of uh, Major League Wrestling. So really cool to see Wheeler Yuta here. I was a fan of Wheeler Yuta when I would see MLW back in the day. So cool to see him here. And Sammy Guevara, another guy who's over like hell. Sammy Guevara is actually from Texas, so the crowd was all over him, but really good matchup. Sammy Guevara picks up the victory. I would like to see more Wheeler Yuta. I don't think it makes much sense for him to be with the best friends. The best friends is growing way too much. You know what I mean? I liked it when it was just Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, and Chuck Taylor. I'm even okay with them adding Chris Statlander, but Wheeler Yuta doesn't really fit with them here. I think it's just something for him to do. But anyway, good matchup. We next get a women's matchup between Penelope Ford and Yuka Sakazaki. It has been... All show, we haven't seen the women here besides Britt Baker's promo. So, really cool matchup to have here. Penelope Ford really, you know, she needs to be on the show more. I think that she could be a megastar here. But she loses the matchup to Yuka Sakazaki, who makes a return here to AEW. She picks up the win. That was a fun matchup. But, you want to talk about fun matchups, we got to talk about the main event. Darby Allen versus All Ego Ethan Page in a coffin matchup. This matchup was absolutely insane. Yo, 
first of all, the whole presentation of bringing down the coffin was really cool, right? They had a whole, like, you know, Mexican Day of the Dead vibe. Uh, then you had Darby Allen come out with the skateboard again. So cool to see him ride down with the skateboard. We haven't been able to see that in Daly's Place, so it's been over 15 months since we've seen Darby Allen with the skateboard dry- riding down to the ring. I always loved that entrance for him. Him and Ethan Page, this was an absolute freaking grudge match. This 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 is the type of grudge match and hatred that you want between two guys that are in an absolute blood feud. Early on in the match, Darby Allen opens up the casket and it is uh, Scorpio Sky in there. He nails Darby Allen. This leads to the icon Sting coming out. The first time Sting is in front of a live crowd here for AEW. Besides the pay-per-view, this is a live crowd on the road. Besides the Daily Place crowd. Um, Sting and Scorpio Sky are brawling all over the arena and Sting looked awesome. Sting is, yo, you don't, you wouldn't believe that the guy was 62, 63 years old. Sting is doing insane moves and he's moving like he's 35 years old. That is so cool to see. He definitely shut all the doubters up who's like, oh, Sting, what is he doing here? He can't go anymore. Kiss my ass. He could definitely go more. Anyway, which, which is funny because on making an impact later on, we are going to be talking about how Jeff Jarrett is saying how Sting retired. And now look at this, 2021. It is 15 years later and Sting is still wrestling. Anyway, uh, we have a crazy-ass matchup between Darby Allen and All Ego. Insane spots. They, they wrestle into the crowd. There was a spot here where Darby Allen is pressed slammed from the top of the stairs all the way to the concrete inside of the crowd. Uh, All Ego hits the... I forgot what he calls it. I know it's the razor's edge, the ego edge or whatever, the all ego edge, the page edge, whatever the fuck he calls his razor's edge from the top rope onto the steel steps. Just insane. In the end, Darby Allen picks up the victory and then to put the final nail in the coffin, he goes to the top rope and he hits the coffin drop onto the coffin onto Ethan Page. The crowd was all over this insane matchup. Darby Allen is your victor. That is Fighter Fest Night 1 for AEW. I absolutely loved it. I gave it a 4 out of 5 stars. Really, really good show. Go out of your way to see Fighter Fest Night 1. But we are not done. We have Fighter Fest Night 2 next week. It is going to be Texas Deathmatch. John Moxley versus Lance Archer in a Texas Deathmatch for the IWGP US Champion. New Japan rules apply, of course. We're going to have Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker for the Women's Champion. And we're probably going to have that five-on-five between the Elite and the Dark Order, where if the Dark Order wins, not only do they get the tag team title shots, but Hangman Page gets a world title shot. So we have a stack show next week. Make sure you tune in for that. Four out of five for this show. But we are not done when we come back from this commercial break. We're going to be going back in time. So take your seatbelt strap in tight. Welcome inside the Wrestling DeLorean. We're going back in time to 2006 where we talk about the next episode of TNA Impact on the road to Destination 2006. So we'll be right back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Back to the podcast, everybody. We are about to get into TNA Impact February 26, 2006. This is making an impact. Every Thursday, we go back in time on the Impact Plus app, and we watch the next episode of TNA Impact from the Spike TV era. You know, we do that for the Asylum years on Tuesdays. We do it for the Spike TV era here, and also on tomorrow's show, we'll be talking about the modern era of TNA on Access TV which, speaking of, tonight we have the go-home show before Slammiversary 2021. The final, you know, the final showdown between Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan before they mix it up this Saturday. We also have an Ultimate X match coming up this Saturday. But we also have an Ultimate X match being made here in 2006. So without further ado, let's talk about this episode of Impact from February 26, 2006. We were on the road to Destination X 2006. A little recap, Samoa Joe was told he will be defending his title in an Ultimate X match against AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. It is also made clear that we will be getting Christian Cage versus Monty Brown for the World Heavyweight Champion. On this episode, we have Ronda Truth killing Simi up with Rhino for the Tag Team Champions against AMW. And it is announced that it will be AMW Abyss Jeff Jarrett versus Ronda Truth killing Team 3D and Rhino at Destination X's main event. So let's get into this stacked episode of Impact from 2006. So, this show starts out with Monty Brown in a squash match against some jobber that I did not get the name of. He makes extremely quick work of his jobber. Hits him with the pizza, period. Then he calls out uh, Christian Cage. He says that Christian Cage has very female traits. You come here all sparkly and glittery with your clothes and you wear your little shoes and your winged pants and he starts calling him, you know, basically calling him out for being very feminine. He then says that you would even call your move the un- unprettier, unprettier. He says there ain't nothing masculine about Christian Cage. This leads to Christian Cage coming out and saying that he uh, what's called, you know, he respects Monty Brown but then he says that he knows where the Serengeti is 
And he says the Serengeti is in Africa, but does he know where Thailand is? By the way, shouts to all my fans in Thailand because we have a lot of fans in Thailand. Shouts to all you guys. Anyway, he says, do you know where Thailand is? So Monty Brown says, why don't you indulge me in your in your geographic knowledge? And he says, well, the capital of Thailand is Bangkok. Boom, hits him with the low blow. That was very juvenile. Very juvenile by Mr. Christian Cage here. But anyway, they brawl. They're separated. This has been building up for a couple months here. We're finally going to get Monty Brown versus Christian Cage. Next on the show, AMW's cutting a promo. They announced that the Destination Next main event will be Team 3D, Rhino, and Ron the Truth Killings versus AMW, The Monster Abyss, and Jeff Jarrett. Slap nuts. King of the Mountain. Anyway, Alex Shelley is back. He says that he has footage of Sting, and it will be revealed tonight. Tonight we have another viewing party. Next, we got Roderick Strong versus AJ Styles. This was the very first match of TNA on Spike TV. We're having a rematch of it here. Uh, Roderick Strong got really to little no offense in here. AJ Styles picks up the quick victory here. Hits him with the Styles Clash. One, two, three. So good to see Roddy Strong on NXT here in the star because at this time, he was just a jobber. Anyway, long gone is the is the big push of Roderick Strong and... And your boy Austin Aries here because both Aries and Strong got jobbed out pretty quickly the last two weeks here. Next, we got Team Canada versus the James Gang. Early on in this, uh, Conan interferes, which leads to the Team Canada picking the victory. Robert Roode hits the uh, short arm clothesline onto BG James. One, two, three. After this, LAX comes out to attack the James Gang, but Bullet Barb Armstrong makes the save and Conan bails. It looks like we're gearing up for a six-man tag. Ultimate X highlights next. This leads to Samoa Joe versus Shark Boy. Samoa Joe gets the quick victory on Shark Boy. Too many, too many quick matches and squash matches on the show. I, I, I feel like I'm watching fucking Raw from '95 here. This is whack. You know what I mean? Like I, I like all these guys, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and all that, but I want to see more competitive matches here. We really only got one competitive matchup, and that was the main event, which I thought was pretty obvious who was winning that anyway. But Ron the Truth Killings, we have another sit down interview with him where Ron the Truth Killings is given his rundown of his life. And talking about, you know, his history, he talks about becoming a professional wrestler and he's being and how much of an honor it was for him to be the very first African-American NWA champion, which we just covered on the Asylum Years. Everybody should be checking that out every Tuesday here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Uh, Ron the Truth Killings was talking about how, you know, he wants to hold that title again and he has aspirations to hold that title again and beat Jeff Jarrett. Ron the Truth Killings versus Rhino versus AMW here in a tag team matchup for the NWA Tag Team Champions. Early on, Abyss comes out. He attacks Rhino. He puts him through the Tron wall. There was a metal wall by the Titan Tron, and he hits him with the black hole slam through the Tron wall. And why am I saying it like that? I don't know why I keep on saying the Tron wall, but it sounds funny when I say it like that, so I'll keep on saying the Tron wall. But anyway, uh, Ron the Truth Killings is now double-teamed by AMW. They hit the death sentence. One, two, three. AMW, still your Tag Team Champions. Alex Shelley and... Planet Jarrett ends off this show. They have the uh, footage of Sting. And it's basically Alex Shelley stalking Sting, going to his house, going to seeing him play with his kids, taking his kids to school, doing all that shit, doing all that, you know, proper dad shit. And basically he says that, look, this proves that Sting quit. He's living his life. He's with his kids. He's with his family. He's at the convenience store, blah, 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 blah. Eric Young, though, is not convinced. He tells Shelley to, you know, Sting never said he quit. He's just, you know, being a dad. 
So this leads to Jeff Jerry getting mad at Shelly and saying to do it again, go back to California, stalk Sting, but this time have Sting say on the tape, I quit from professional wrestling. Alex Shelley's really troubled by this. He doesn't really want to do that. He thinks that only bad things are going to come out of that. But Jeff Jarrett doesn't care. He tells him that if you don't get that done, there's going to be problems and hell to pay. We need to convince Eric Young here that Sting is retired. And being that we just talked about AEW Fighter Fest from 2021 and Sting was kicking ass on that show, Sting is not retired. Spoiler alert. Anyway, that's Impact for this week. It was a okay show. I give it a 2 out of 5 stars. Really good storyline development. But a lot of squash matches, a lot of quick matches, and a very predictable main event. So, not nothing that I'm going home about. But I am very excited about Destination Next. That card's already looking stacked. That main event, that uh, eight-man tag main event between AMW, Jeff Jarrett, and Abyss versus Rhino, Team 3D, and Ronda Truth Killing should be an absolute crazy-ass Wild Brawl, that should be a lot of fun. And I'm definitely looking forward to Ultimate X between Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels. And I gotta say, Monty Brown versus Christian Cage excites me because I'm a huge Christian Cage fan. I'm a huge Monty Brown fan. I keep on talking about how Monty Brown is the most underappreciated wrestler in Impact Wrestling history. And it's funny because, you know, Monty Brown came from football. Now Moose is a football player. I mean, Moose was a football player. He seems like he's the most underrated. But anyway... Uh, Christian Cage versus Monty Brown should be a really good matchup. Check out tonight on Access TV Impact Wrestling. We are on the road to Slammiversary. We are, this is the go-home show. If you don't already, make sure you are going to watch Slammiversary. You either could order it on regular pay-per-view, order it on Fight TV. Go out of your way to watch the show because it's going to be a show to remember. I am sure. Make sure you watch Impact Wrestling on Access tonight. It's going to be a good show. Once again, Impact needs to pay me to talk about them as much as I talk about them. Anyway, I hope everyone has a great day. Enjoy your day. And make sure you tune in tomorrow to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, baby. Peace out. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 